I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room. Will we keep it real? We keep it opinionated? We keep it what, Lisa? 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So y'all know how we're doing on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you hear her voice. Little Miss, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lisa Bellacaja, what's up, girl? What you doing? Yes. Uh, I'm going to have to add an addendum to my name, because you know I'm going to go back and change my name back to the family name. <laughs> uh, some of you guys know, I'm just going to add the Bennett back. Really? Bennett, yes. Because as I've told my friends before, <clears throat> my niece and nephew over in Italy, mm-hmm. they're getting older now, they're learning English, <laughs> and I want them to make sure that when they read my stuff, they know it's Auntie Lisa. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back and put... The family name back so you're in. You're not gonna be Lisa Bolakaja. I'll still be Bolakaja. So Always. How are you gonna do? Is it gonna be like Lisa Ash? Bennett? Yeah, like a hyphenated Lisa Bennett okay. Bolakaja. Okay, got. It. You know, but LB L Boogie, the original mm-hmm. Afro Digits nanny. <laughs> <laughs> before <laughs> the Lauren home Hill. sliced, the original L Boogie before Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so a couple of things. I uh, want to give my condolences to the Demi fam. You know that Jonathan Demi, Gosh. one of the the best directors. Ever ever um passed away a couple weeks ago and um like i didn't realize I, you know he, he was only 73 mm-hmm. and to me that's so young mm-hmm. like of course when you're a kid if you're in your 20s or you're 19 you that just sounds old. like that's so old <laughs> but to me it was like because the last photo i saw of him um i want to think it was on the set of shots fired mm-hmm. and he was in a, a picture with aisha hines mm-hmm. One of the best actresses out there. I've been a fan since way back, Aisha. So hopefully one day we have, a, have her on the show. But, you know, and I saw him. And you know how your directors, they get older and they look a little thinner. You know, they, they age. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was a shock to me when he passed away because I think he's one of those rare, iconic. Like, there are people who are directors who direct a lot of films. And, you know, they may have success and stuff like that. But I feel like Jonathan Demme was one of those those culture bearers. Mm-hmm. Because not only was his work in just film, but also his impact on music. Music videos with Talking Heads, mm-hmm. um, with the seminal and, and really groundbreaking I Stop Making Sense, um, and his love of music, and not just music, but he loved world music, mm-hmm. and a lot of his films, he always put in like his favorite artists or songs or people, and I just feel like when you lose somebody like that, um, it's hard to think of anybody else, a uh, contemporary coming up now, not his contemporary, but in terms of artists that are coming up now that are directors who... Sure. Who are going to have that type of career? Like mm-hmm. literally, I said, let me go back and see how many. Like from, I mean, wide ranging from Wild Thing to Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs to Philadelphia. Like his work always had some impact, but also had a social impact on society. I think about when Philadelphia came out. Uh, those of you who don't remember, uh, mm-hmm. with Tom Hanks and um, Denzel Washington, it's one of the the first really successful films that dealt with the AIDS epidemic. 
and just having that whole conversation mm-hmm. and having to deal with people who still have prejudices against people who have to deal with that type of autoimmune uh, disease and stuff. And it's just like, you know, I just get a little sad. I just feel like, who, who's going to come up? It's like when Prince passed away. Like, uh-huh. you know, there's never going to be another one like that. But mm-hmm. you think now, it's like, who else has that type of, you know, I can't even think of anybody that, that no. huge. So anyway. But you know, here's an interesting thing. I wonder if, just thinking about Prince and Jonathan mm-hmm. Demi, if, if people back in, let's say, in the 70s thought, like, well, there'll never be another Monroe. Well, there'll never be, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So I'm wondering if there was any comparison to those people as if there would never be another icon. Well, it's like, like, I think about, like, especially those cats that are coming out in the 50s and 60s, when people talk about John Ford, when mm-hmm. people talk about those classic directors, you know, when you, when you see those films and you think there'll never be, and it's like, yeah, eventually there are. I mean, there there will be, but I just think in terms of not just film, like I said, with music and just culture itself, mm-hmm. and there's not that many directors and filmmakers who who, who do that kind of thing, sure. you know? So uh, condolences to his family, of course, all the fans, all the people. I was thinking about maybe next weekend, maybe doing a little uh, film retrospective and kind of revisiting a lot of his, his work. Okay. So, yeah. Let's go. Uh, Wonder Woman's coming up pretty soon. I finally saw a commercial. I was going to, I was going to tweet Linnell and tell her, did you see the commercial on TV the other day? <laughs> Linnell tweeted me and was like, girl, look at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's been going in. Look, look. look. <laughs> we, come on now, Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Who drinks Dr. Pepper? You gonna put Wonder Woman on Dr. Pepper and act like that's some? No, okay, no people who like Dr. Pepper because Dr. Pepper to me reminds me of like cherry coke. So you know, shout out to those people who like that kind of stuff. But mm. I just feel like you know, and people like people have been joking about it, like, oh, we're looking for stuff, and it's like, where where is her? You guys are just dogging out Diana Prince. You know, I can see 20 million Gardens in the Galaxy commercials mm-hmm. a year before that damn thing came out. Okay. You know, and it's like, what, 26 days out. Mm-hmm. How was that doing this weekend, do you know? I'm sure it made like a It was number money. one. I just it don't know. It was number one around the world before it even opened up here. I think it was okay. already hitting 100 million before it even opened. Yeah. It's going to make money. Yeah. You know, but most of the criticism I've heard from it has been pretty much, you know, more or less the same that you got in the first one, and mm-hmm. and the charm might have faded a little bit in terms of now that you know these characters with more, you know. So basically, it's going to make us money. They're probably going to make two or three more. Um, I only want to see it because the only characters I like is Groot, mm-hmm. and I like the character of um, Nebula, who's the sister of Gamora, the the actress who plays her, who's all blue. I just love that character. Mm-hmm. Something about her look, you know. So I'll probably end up going seeing it just for fun because I did enjoy the first one. It was cute. I wasn't, you know. I wasn't a fan of the comic. I actually I fell was, asleep during it. Did so you I need, really? I need to see it again. You know, it's one of those ones where, you know, it's... I was just tired the day I went. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I give it, it like a B. I mean, yeah. it, was, it, it did what it's supposed to do, which mm-hmm. is be entertaining. Um, it was fun watching it with the audience and the characters. You know, it was engaging. It was cute. Mm-hmm. You know, it did, it did what it's supposed to do. And like I said, it's going to make its money. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that has been coming up, once again, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with Death Note. Hmm. Uh, another case of whitewashing. <laughs> well, tell the kids about that. What, what's going on with that one? Okay, if you don't know the manga Death Note, it's one of my favorite mangas. Uh, I actually saw an original um, live action movie of it many years ago at a um, 
Japan. But the, the idea is like there's this kid who finds like this notebook, and when you write people's names in it, they die. Like the okay. creature death comes and takes care of them, which is awesome when you're a high school student and you hate everybody. <laughs> so that that part of the story warmed my little heart. <laughs> you got a whole bunch yeah. of just oh, books with yes. names in, and, don't you? Know, you? It's, it's, it's been made into animation. You know, it's, it's done its thing. So of yeah. course, there's the American version. And one of the things that we had hoped is at least the lead guy, at least make it you know an Asian character, and you can have everybody else mm-hmm. be whatever. But once again, I, th- I don't think there's any hardly any Asian characters in it. And it was just kind of like when I saw it and I saw who they got the lead actor to be, mm-hmm. I was like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my point now. Like most of the time now, because mm-hmm. I have to be honest with you guys, I've been watching nothing but like foreign films mm-hmm. and films that have been predominantly people of color. Not necessarily black people, but people from all over the world. And now when I watch a movie, and I feel like, I always feel like I'm going from white people withdrawals. Because, <laughs> white people and I say, no, I say it like this. Because I've been watching so many films that had so many different types of people in it, mm-hmm. that when I popped over into Netflix and started watching, um, you know, films that I'm trying to catch up on, I realized mm-hmm. how white a lot of Hollywood movies are. Like, mm-hmm. we say it, yeah. but it's not until you get away and start watching movies from other countries, and you're like, oh, here's the world is global, and then you come back to, like, Hollywood, you know, productions, and you're like, shit, they really don't have us in here. They really don't have And I'm like, mm-hmm. it was a good lesson, because I realized I hadn't been watching a lot of uh, white-dominated films since, I want to say, last September. Hmm. So it was a culture shock going back, like, oh, let me catch up with some shows, mm-hmm. you know, on Netflix, and started watching, and I was like, oh. Which, which reminds me. It's culture shock Because, you me. know, you got me into the, into the Badlands, and <clears throat> I started watching season two, and I'm just like, and of course, we noticed the black folks immediately because oh, yeah. we're black, but I'm just amazed at how many black people they cast in that thing. Like you know, oh my god! It's almost my fear. Like the there's a there's like a uh, what do you call it? There's the tipping point mm-hmm. where there's almost too many black people. Yeah. Remember uh, what show was it? A couple of years ago, and I said that. I remember, what yeah, show I was it? Not. And I said I was so excited, but I got scared because it started to look like a BET show yeah, and too many black yeah. people. What show was no, it? No, no, I don't remember. Oh, you know what it was? It was uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that's right. They had so many black people on yeah. there. I was like, y'all need to slow your roll. Slow your roll. <laughs> we gotta get some more white folks on here because they gonna it's gonna it's gonna go. And uh, basically, that's what Sleepy Hollow ended up becoming anyway. Mm-hmm. But but, you know, it's, it's just it's a weird cultural phenomenon that I've just noticed. And I realized how Hollywood, you know, I just like I said, you, you don't watch a lot of American films for a while and then you come back to them. You're just like, holy mo-. unless it's something specifically <clears throat> targeted to a certain audience. Like I said, mm-hmm. from last year, watching Moonlight. And yeah, if you're, in, you're, if you're in fucking Fargo or something, it makes sense to me. But and I love, in, yeah, and I love those know? type of films, too. Or, or it's the opposite effect. Like when they have that one random black person. Yeah. Like I remember I was watching. What was I watching last night? I was watching one of my K-dramas and they had like an airport scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there are two black people. What are <laughs> they doing there? And I'm like, what, Lisa, what do you mean what they doing there? We got military there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like people who are studying there mm-hmm. in Korea, and it was like, but it was like one of those random like, oh, that's interesting. They got mm-hmm. some folk there. The folk mm-hmm. have traveled, so you know, it's just it's just different. So, anywho, let's talk about you. Let's catch up with you because you know, um, yeah, I've been busy, girl. Yeah, I'll be getting ready for at the end of this month. I'll be going to WizCon. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not doing any panels this year, so when I go to these conferences, y'all don't look for me on panel. I'm taking a break <laughs> from panels because I have a lot of writing to do, and I'm trying to. Um, revamp my book and get my my book proposal together to try to sell this book mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to be like oh, this is going to be a book out. of short stories or going to be no, a book no it's going to be a, a book book okay um, and um, 
it's that time. Too many mm. of my friends are getting books published, and I'm getting. I'm be honest. I'm sick and tired of going to conferences <laughs> and sitting in the audience <laughs> and seeing my fucking friends up on panels exactly. talking about. And my new book's coming out and getting critical acclaim. And I'm like, exactly. okay. I know I'm just as good, <laughs> and I need to get my ass up there. But you know what? To each their own. Everyone has yeah. their pacing, and it's like my life is just so busy. I realized this is the summer I'm going to do it, and then the only other conference thing I'm going to is Worldcon. So I'll be on in, in Helsinki um, this summer. But I want to really focus in on um, writing and watching a lot more new films. So, mm-hmm. speaking of stuff, tell me about your trip. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm working on a new show. With, we had Nate and Tyreek on the show, Tyreek and Nate. And we're developing a show from there. Um, for those of you who don't know, they are internet sensations, as we like to call them, or um, Instagram sensations. You know, they have millions of people who follow them. And um, they don't, do these don't, little. Don't, don't mind me, y'all. Um, if, if you hear a little crinkly in the background, <laughs> it's eat? my little Starbucks uh, lemon pound cake. Because you know I like to snack. Because mm-hmm. you know I had to battle to get up here. Look, y'all, sister almost didn't make it. It was raining so hard in San it Diego. Child, look, it was so rainy and dark. Mm-hmm. My sister got up. My dog was looking at me like, "Bitch, don't go, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it." The little homeless cats that we take care of—they were sitting mm-hmm. on the bench. Girl, don't get in that car and do it. Come on back. Like it was like literally, it was so much rain coming down. And of course, when I'm coming up from San Diego, I'm driving up the coast, so you know the water's right there. Mm-hmm. There was so much water coming down to the point where I couldn't even see anymore. Where I was like, I'm gonna have to pull over and just sit on the side of the road. And it didn't stop until I got to like Orange County, mm-hmm. but it was dark, and it was like, yeah. this is the shit that horror movies happen. Like this is the moment in the mist where the monsters come walking mm-hmm. out so yeah so and i got up here and i was mad y'all had some sunshine up here and i'm like <laughs> it was raining last night because i heard it when yeah I but home. it's like oh anyway so continue on anyway so <clears throat> we're developing a show for them um actually i wrote the script before we left we we left on tuesday we got back late last night mm-hmm. and um which was saturday and um so we went to louisiana we flew <laughs> we flew to new orleans Islands, <laughs> and there was a big jazz fest or some sort of festival going on there. Of course, it was just crazy with people. And then um, we went, but we actually stayed in Lafayette. Mean, wait, what you say is like, what's some jazz? That's where jazz came from. Like, they was <laughs> but it was a big like, festival. Gotcha. It was a big festival. <laughs> Fishbone and people were there, you okay. know. So I actually saw one of the dudes Shout at the out airport. To we, we we chopped it up from it. But um, so we flew into Lafayette. We stayed there since. Tuesday and of course Wednesday we had all this shit planned. It was thundering, raining. We couldn't hardly go outside. <laughs> it was crazy, but it gave us a chance to kind of group, you know, and mm-hmm. figure things out and just talk about what we're going to do and you know, et cetera, right. et cetera. <clears throat> so I was there with you know the creator of the show, you know, Pam Lasme, Andrew, mm-hmm. and um, Darren Grant, the director, mm-hmm. and Selena, one of the producers, and stuff like that. So it was it was really fun. Nice. And um, it was a tri- it was a lesson in s- sometimes you write a script mm-hmm. based on a place you've never been to, and you go, okay, I can think I can kind of nail this based on conversations or studying the internet or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to go there, bitch. <laughs> So let me just tell you. So the show is called Abbeville, right? There's this tiny little backwood country place called Abbeville, Louisiana, which is about, I guess, 30 minutes out of life. Bet you got the best food. Oh, yeah. There's all that. I mean, I can't eat no seafood, but I'm sure you guys would love it. But, and so. I feel for your suffering. You can't eat seafood. I'm so sorry. You know, I grew up in the hood, but no, bitch. I ain't never seen the hood like this before. This is the grittiest 
grimiest. You know how they have because there's floods there, like a motherfucker. So all the houses are up in those little mm-hmm. two foot yep. little whatever they call the blocks, them, yeah, they little blocks, them, but, mm-hmm. and they're like. 400 square feet. I mean, they're tiny. You know what I mean? Little shotgun. And houses. they all look like they're just mildew about to fall apart. And people are living in those things. You know hey, what I mean? I'm trying to tell y'all. Oh, my God. Don't be getting these like these misconceptions that America is the perfect land of milk and honey. Because some of us are still, the struggle is real. Yeah. And some of those houses, <clears throat> it's probably the same shits that people was living in during slavery yeah. days and just have to keep it, keep it pushing. So here's the interesting thing. Pamela and I were talking about this on... Um, Wednesday night, I guess, yeah, we went there Wednesday night um, um, with, with Nate and Tyreek. <clears throat> they took us all around, introduced us, and because everybody, it's like, I don't know how exactly how big the area is, and the, they call it the bottoms, they call it the sticks. So almost, there's like a little, uh, uh, they call it a highway, it's a little road <laughs> that separates, I guess, the, 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 the demarcation, the, right. the line of demarcation right. between mm-hmm. the two sides, mm-hmm. and they kind of battle each other, I guess, a little okay. bit, but yet everybody's family, and you know, Nate is, you know, his real, his, his hip-hop name is G-Nate, mm-hmm. so he's kind of like a little urban, you know, myth rap star right. there, so, and he's also like Robin Hood. So we would pop out the car and literally dozens, up to 100 people came out at one point, piling out. He must have had a stack I know, I of know, money in I his know pocket. And I know your bougie, your bougie ass is probably sitting there like, what is going on? I'm, I mean, I was a little, you know me, I'm yeah, a little bougie. I, so I was I like, mm, what am I going to wear there? What am I going <laughs> to I ain't wearing that, no bitch. I ain't wearing that. Okay, I'm going to be neutral as fuck. But here's the trip. Boy, I must get to what I'm thinking about mm-hmm. It was so, everybody was like, Uncle Nate, right. what's up, G Nate, right. Cousin Nate. And th- he embraced, they embraced all of us. Y'all need protection, we got you. Like, it was like, family. I mean, the hardest of hard to the biggest crackhead you've ever, to the mm-hmm. dope fiend, everybody was out there, mm-hmm. right? And they just embraced us and they were like, whatever you need, we got it. You want to shoot in my house, you could do it. You want this, you mm-hmm. want this, you want this. Mm-hmm. So then um, we also had this girl, um, Sandy, with us, who is the only white woman in our crew so far. Now, we're going to have many more. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but she's our, um, our production manager and our um, um, set designer and stuff. So she came in and she started making phone calls because mm-hmm. she's shot many times right. there. By Friday, we were sitting in the mayor's office talking to the fucking mayor's assistant. Wow. We were meeting with the, the, the chief of police. We were doing... So they're, they've never allowed any other film companies to shoot with their cop cars. They're giving us cop cars. They're giving us off-duty cops. They're wow. Giving us, I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, the doors just open for us. And I told Pam on Friday night, um, we were taking um, Darren back to the airport because he had to shoot something this weekend. And... I said, I was thinking, you know, if we're blessed enough to get this show picked up, it's going to be a half hour like Atlanta, right, but right, darker. Right. You know, much more of a drama than it is mm-hmm. becoming. And I said, if this show gets picked up, I want all the writers here. We need to be here. Mm-hmm. We can't just be in L.A. writing the scripts. Right. I'd be having to rewrite all of them. Right. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. It wouldn't make any sense. Right. Because I'm telling you, i got to completely rewrite a right. ton of it. Right. Already, just from going, being there, seeing the people. I mean, all the name, Nook Nook, and I mean, these are people's names. Okay. People don't even know their real names. Like you said, like sometimes these motherfuckers, yes. Like I had, I've had, I've grown up, and it's something about that, that Southern culture of naming, and, you know, for me, from a person who grew up in San Diego, but where I grew up, you know, I was part of that, I guess we want to call it like maybe that third wave migration mm-hmm. um, of people from Mississippi. So when I when I was growing up in San Diego, like 
it was it was no thing for my neighbors to be from Mississippi, mm-hmm. Louisiana, Georgia, Bama. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in that influx of not only the food, the culture, the language, the whole thing of the nickname. And it's funny because my mother, uh, our family comes from Mississippi and New Orleans, but my mother's the only one that was born in Pittsburgh. And so mm-hmm. the rest of the family, some migrated to Chicago, uh, Detroit, the rest of them went to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Totally different experience. So my mother's black experience Mm -hmm. is being that black person who looks white, who goes to school, Mm -hmm. basically the only quote unquote black people. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the high school pictures, where the black at? And there's (laughs) my mama right there, you know, and it's like, yeah. And so her experiences with black people, she didn't have that whole Southern of going home and relative because, you know, families broke off and, you know, Mm -hmm. we didn't have the Internet and stuff like that. And once people move, that's pretty much who you were with. That was what you're with. So she had this total like, like to me, I thought having a nickname was the coolest thing. Like I spent years like, just someone give me, give me a nickname, uh, somebody, sick. you know, because I tell you, I tell these stories all the time. You know, I grew up people named, you know, Cinnamon, Flubber, mm. Moody, yes, don't laugh, hey Flubber, shout out, you know, Nene, you know, real Nay, Nene, you know. Okay, everybody got a name. Nella, you know, yeah. and it was like, and I, for, for one, for, you know, and some people, literally, I didn't know what their real names were until like, you know, either they passed away and we went to the funeral and I saw the funeral thing like, that's mm-hmm. their name? You know, for so many years I've been calling. Oh, I didn't know. And, I, and my mother was just like, "So no, what do you need to name for?" Guess what Tyreek's friend's name in the script? It's his friend's name. Okay, it's his real. Go ahead, tell me. Sticker Bush. You know what? <laughs> you Sticker know Bush, what? Man. You know what? <laughs> that is poetry. Mm-hmm. Like I love that shit because it's like, and my mother and I had to explain to my mother. It's like when you go to these places in the South. Names are so important. Not only do they reflect like it's a, it's a fondness, it's a kinship. And for some reason, my mother always thought of it as something being quote unquote ghetto. Like that's mm-hmm. lower class. That's who, why would you want to do that? But to me, it was just the poetry of black people and names and your personality. And a lot of times, it was your person or whatever it was. And it's like when I hear those names like that. Like I had a, a cousin that was named Itabina because there's an Itabina Mississippi and Itabina in Choctaw means uh, little sticks. Okay. You know, so you had names like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Pollo, chicken, you know, mm-hmm. or just, you know, uh, goobers. I knew a, one of my friends, look, <laughs> listen, bitch, don't laugh. This, one of our friends, her son, his nickname was, was goobers. And That's goobers funny. in West Africa means peanuts, hmm. you know. So we had like those, you know, I just thought it was the coolest thing. So when you tell me this, it's just so amazing and awesome. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you were to go to other people, they would probably laugh and make fun of it. Definitely. But the fact that the community came out, you know. and Well, I was, I was in a gym. On Friday night, awesome. <clears throat> and I met these two dudes. We're working out, and we just started chopping it up. And I said, "Oh, I'm Hilliard. Yeah, I'm from Hollywood." Blah blah blah. And he says, "Oh, I'm. I forget the other guy's name." Um, and then the other guy said, "Yeah, I'm Hardwood." I said, "Hardwood." He said, "Yeah, like the floor, nigga. I got a hard head <laughs> like that." And I said, "I'm so still in that shit." <laughs> so I told her to Pam. She said, "Oh, we got to put that in there somewhere." Well, the, you know what, you're, I mean? the, the, what you're bringing up is something important in terms of when you said bringing your writer's room there. Mm-hmm. Um, Years ago when I wrote the script that took place in New Orleans, like literally I had to go back because, you know, I have family from there, but mm-hmm. I'm not from there. Mm-hmm. So there's only so much secondhand stuff that you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally made trips like I would go to New Orleans and I would get on the trolley cars or I would just go and sit on the buses mm-hmm. or I would just sit in the hood. Like literally, you know, I have an uncle that has a museum down there that does with the, the black Indians of Mardi Gras. And literally mm-hmm. I would sit on the porch and watch folks walk and just listen to them talk. Mm-hmm. And you get oh, into that rhythm, the most interesting and accent. the la- and it's like it's a combination, like the language, especially in New Orleans, like they're speaking 
especially in the Treme area, they're speaking like French, the Franglais, the Criollo, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're also speaking um, uh, a lot of. There's a lot of African words in there mm-hmm. because there would be people talking. I'd be like, what? what? And literally, I would have to like go and ask somebody, like uh, you know, I would go to Tulane University and talk to a couple professors there because literally, I had to like. And I don't know, I just had to immerse myself and literally would sit there and close my eyes and just listen and try to write down and try to capture just an essence of, of what I could get that made it authentic and real. And it really made the script a lot better. And, mm-hmm. and in terms of the um, the short stories I was writing that took place in that, it was, it was so much better. It's the same thing with my book that takes place in Venice Beach. We don't think of Venice Beach as, oh, it's a cult. Yes, Venice Beach oh, yeah. has a culture <laughs> that is unlike any other mm-hmm. beach culture around. Like, I'm from San Diego. We got Mission Beach. We got Ocean Beach. We've got La Jolla Shores. There's definitely cultures in those areas, but there's just something about Venice Beach. And literally, I would have to be there every weekend and spend days walking up and down and literally sitting. Um, a lot of homeless people there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the best stories I've heard about Venice Beach is just me sitting there buying a couple of coffees, hanging out. And of course, I have my dog with me because, you know, people are friendly when you have your dog. <laughs> and my dog doesn't really like people. So <laughs> it makes it makes people like, don't try to don't try to start no stuff because uh-huh. Ripley will finish it for you. <laughs> but it was like sitting and listening and just immersing yourself. And like you said, taking pictures, mm-hmm. um, looking physically at things because a lot of times I wrote shit that I thought, oh yeah, in New Orleans and blah, 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 and got down there and like shit was wrong. Totally. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like for, for instance, I had a vision of the projects because that's where Tyreek was, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, okay, the project, you mm-hmm. know, no bitch, it's a two-story building mm-hmm. and they're like little, little, little pillars. Right. Just in, you know, right. it's like a, it's on like probably two acres right, right. and that's it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I pictured you know, all kind of like streets and streets and streets yes. going with pride. Yes. It's like, no, bitch, that's it. That's it. And then the rest is those little huts, like I told yeah. you, was all over the place. Look at you. You're like, like, they're just huts. Like, yeah, well, they just look like little huts. Little to shotgun me. houses. You know, yeah. and um, oh my God, but it, they just embraced us and it, it just, we're just fucking juiced. So Pam and I are going to be going back hopefully in the next two or three weeks for about. We're going to go back a week before. We're actually literally going to be shooting this thing fast. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be gone for a minute. Um, so we're going to have to like yeah, nail them down. Right. right. <clears throat> um, yeah, we're gonna go up. For, we're gonna go like a week ahead because we got a cast, and then um, we we actually are. We're gonna really cast a lot of the locals. We would go to the liquor store, and 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 the fucking fifty people would gather around us and whatever, and try to try to. And, and Nate would say audition for them, and they would go, "Yo, my name is such and such." Fucking teeth all missing or whatever the fuck. But it's that often. But they all were like so used to being on Nate and Tyreek's show right. that they they all want to be on the show. Mm-hmm. They all want to be in the, in the TV mm-hmm. show. So literally, Pam was literally videotaping all of them, mm-hmm. going, "Okay, I think I can work with this person and get right. them to the point where they could actually act right. out this thing." Right. Like so we so we're meeting today to literally go through and decide what characters we want to include. It reminds me of um. Of uh, Snoop that was in the the Wire, mm-hmm. and how one of the actors, uh, I think it might have been uh, Michael, um, what's his name, my favorite character on the Wire, who played Omar. Oh yeah, I know you're talking. About. And um, either him or one of his friends, and they just happened to be somewhere in Baltimore, and she was someplace, and heard her talk, and just says she got to be on there, and mm-hmm. she was the realest shit on there. When that mm-hmm. season came on, when she was there, uh, and and that character came out. 
there was such a realness to it. Mm-hmm. It was almost, it was scary. It was mm-hmm. like, and but you're, I, we were so drawn to her mm-hmm. and how she just came in there and just, and I was just like, sometimes you got to get the real folk. You, mm-hmm. can, you can't just get actors. You got to get real people who live that life. We're going to fill it with real people because here's the deal. Nate and Tyreek aren't really officially actors. They mm-hmm. do these little skits, right. which we all know, but they play these characters that aren't even really them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And you meet them in person, you actually, you know, as you have, right. Right. they're clearly not those characters right. you see in person. Right. So one of the things we want to do is kind of, you know, pull down the curtain and see who they really are. Right. You know what I mean? And who they really are is mm-hmm. they still have a hard life. He's right. still on the trap. There's still a lot of things going on. Right. So... You know, we're really gonna gonna really embrace that and show that, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm rooting mm-hmm. for it because, like I said, I think it's important to see stories that we don't normally get to see because a lot of times when we think of certain communities, especially in the black communities, um, that people think less of, it's because we don't get to see their humanity, correct, and we don't get to see you know that. They're good people, and sometimes mm-hmm. good people get pushed into some really fucked up situations. Correct. And we always, when you're comfortable in, in a life of privilege, it's always easy to be judgmental, like, well, they could do better. They should do this and this. But when you're in the midst of it, well, and choices are limited, you, here's, you here's do things. And it's like, you just got to make sure that you see people's humanity. Like, here's hey. the deal. Pam and I were standing, me and the group were standing about 50 feet away. Nate was uh, way ahead of us, and he was like, there was a, like a group of kids who huddled around him were like, you know, Wanting to take mm-hmm. pictures with them and whatnot. I mean, they're like fucking supers. It's like freaking ludicrous coming to town or something. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, um, literally, we were about 50 feet away. And we would watch Nate. What's the word I want to use? Where you kind of are hiding that you're doing it. I would see him with his Discret- wad of money. D- d- discreetly. Discreetly. Uh-huh. Pulling out money, handing it to a kid. You know, handing it to a kid. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing it in front of us. Right. He wasn't going, look at what I'm doing. Right. I got all my people's right. here. He was hiding that he was even doing it. You know what I mean? That was really important. Yeah. And then this lady be lined out with her little girl. She said, oh, it's my little girl's birthday tomorrow. You know, we would love for you to come and rap for her. Maybe you and Tyreek could perform. And he says, well, I won't be able to do it because my people's in town. He says, but, you know, here and he handed her like, I don't know how many 20s, you know, and said, mm-hmm. go get her a little something. And, you know, and, you know, stuff. It was like, we couldn't see the words he was saying, mm-hmm. but that was the thing. And right. he like squatted down on his knees and was like hugging her. Right. And I was like, this motherfucker's a black Robin Hood. Yeah. And you know what else he really is? This is what me and me and Pam figured out. You talking about um, Marsha Halle? I can never say his name. Ali's mm. character in Moonlight. Marshall. He's the real dude. Mm. He really took in this kid like he did. You just know like, what I'm saying? Just like his character Juan. He said, you know, yeah. Tyreek ain't gay. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's the real, that's the real dude. Mm-hmm. Real dude on the trap doing mm-hmm. the real shit. Mm-hmm. You know, still in the life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and but he's got a heart. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what we're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, you know, so the show is about a son, you know, father and son, you know, trying to, trying to build the relationship and they're two totally different. You know, people coming from different places, and so you know, <laughs> it's gonna be a trip. Sounds good. Yeah, so Sounds we good. we had a ball. Um, yeah. So what else? What else is going on with you? Well, there's a couple of films and things I want to check out. Um, mm. I'm really like right now. I'm really trying to find some really good because this is my dream. Next year, and I've been talking about this before, next mm-hmm. year, um, there's going to be, in Baltimore, there's going to be the Universal Fan Con, yeah. which is a brand new um, fan con that just basically is embracing being inclusive to all communities, and um, there's a lot of great people that I follow that are help putting it on. Um, 
geeks of color, black girl nerds, mm-hmm. um, just just a bunch of cool people that I follow on Twitter that are helping to put this on. Um, Orlando Jones is going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just a lot of great people. Your twin, Philomar, huh? Your My twin, twin yes, because mm-hmm. Orlando doesn't know this. We'll be born on the same day, probably mm-hmm. the same time. So he's like <laughs> my secret twin. So if I ever get to meet him, I'm just gonna let him know that we are family, mm-hmm. and that I am his younger sister, <laughs> his younger twin sister. But yeah, so it, it's. I'm excited about it, but I'm really um, wanting to do something um, with horror okay. and the future of horror. So one of the things I've been going through is going back and watching a lot of classic horror and mm-hmm. watching a lot of the horror that I tell myself I don't like, but I think secretly I do. Okay, here's my thing. I'm not a really huge fan of horror. Like We call it gore porn, mm-hmm. which is basically just gory stuff happening for just goriness sake. Mm-hmm. Great examples would be like, the later Saw movies, mm-hmm. like the first two were like awesome, but then oh, it was yeah. like after a while, it's like, yeah, how many times yeah. can you watch, you know? Yeah. Or like, I always get on him, even though he's fine as hell. Uh, Eli Roth, mm-hmm. he does a lot of those movies. I'm just mm-hmm. like, ah, And they take like 40 minutes before they start getting good, and all of a you sudden, know, and then every five like, minutes, yeah, it's it's like, And then I don't even care about the characters. Like, to mm-hmm. me, okay, the biggest thing for me when it comes to horror is you gotta care about the characters. Mm-hmm. If you don't care about the characters, it doesn't matter what's happening, I'm gonna yeah. tune out. Totally. So I realized that. I do like gory horror movies, but here's the caveat. This is what it has to be. It has to be something so insane, like crack fiction, mm-hmm. that it's like, like I was thinking about like the last crazy thing I saw where if I was to tell people that I liked it mm-hmm. and wanted them to watch it, they probably wouldn't be friends with me anymore. <laughs> uh, there's one movie, it's called uh, Tokyo Gore Police. Okay. came out like in 2008. That <laughs> so sounds like a big movie. <laughs> one of the actresses that, if everybody remembers the movie Audition, the actress mm-hmm. who was in Audition, um, she's in this. And I couldn't even tell you what it is. It's like, she's a police officer and there's like these mutant, there's people now can cut themselves and they turn into like these mutant crazy stuff. So she's part of like this on the police force that deals with those type of crazy mutant. It's just like, if you go and look at the YouTube trailer, I'm so embarrassed to tell people this, that Mm -hmm. I watch this kind of stuff, but I I realize that I do like certain things. I just think if it's not, it has to be really, really over the top to the point of absurdist, and then I'll like it, but if it's just... Sounds like grim a little bit. You know, it's just great. It's just, and I just realized there's just a lot of stuff out there that I really need to to really look in and just embrace that part of myself that's... Mm that can look at that and be like, I'm okay with it. Because I think what is happening is now is there's well, some, but you, you like smart shit. So yeah, if it's I do, smart, I if you do. can find a way to make it smart, because I'm looking which for is new, why you like saw one and two. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm always looking for new horror. That's really, really good. Like there's the one that's coming out. Uh, oh God. It, it was, it called it, it happened in darkness. The actor who, um, Oh gosh, why am his name slipping? He was in Loving. He directed it. He okay. played the husband in Loving. Mm-hmm. The one who um, I think should have been nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel, sorry. Joel Edmonton. And he directed this movie and... Alana was in Loving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because mm-hmm. he was like the character that I really like. Because like, like, I just got to see him in, in Underground. Mm-hmm. So it was really refreshing to see him in Loving oh my God, and not playing. Oh a different character. Yeah. And yeah. he was just such a good, such a good character role. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, it's just, I, I want to see, like, the new horror things that are coming out, and my my fear is that there's just not quality out there. Mm-hmm. So I want to do a presentation, and I, uh, I approached Graveyard Shift Sisters on, on Twitter um, to kind of do something uh, next year on the future of horror. Um, j- just something in terms of what makes good horror, and because I've been feeling like 
horror gets such a bad rap all the time. Like I was watching and reading a couple articles that was talking about the best horror films of 2016. And then this one guy was writing about, oh, well, you know, there are B-movies. And, and I always feel like there's such a stigma in calling something a B-movie. Mm-hmm. And I think horror does not deserve that disrespect. So I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I've been grappling with it. So, you know, we'll see. And then next year, I would love to go to, I didn't get a chance to go this year because... I can't go to every single damn thing. Yeah. But those of you who went, you are my new best friends. Uh, they had a horror film festival at the Overlook Hotel, the place that's known as the Overlook Hotel oh, yeah. from The Shining. Mm-hmm. So they had a film festival there, but they had an interactive, like, almost like not dinner. Th- you know how you have like, the dinner murder dinner theater yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had like a horror thing. So while you're going to the film festival. Mm, like a whodunit or something? Yes, like an interactive horror and I was like, I am so ready. To, and I realized, shit, I should have bought my tickets early. So when I went online to see how much tickets were, I was like, oh, no wonder I didn't rush <laughs> to get my tickets. Because it cost a grip. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's like the actual place. So maybe next year I'll do, do it. Do you stay there too? You stay there at the oh, hotel. No. Yes. <laughs> you oh my that. gosh. Are you kidding me? And it was snowy. And then they, they shuttle you up there and you can get, like, they have different packages. Like, mm-hmm. you can do, like, a cheaper one. But I would want to be in the room. Like, I want to be in the room next to the crazy room where the twins yeah, were. <laughs> and I would do, like, I just got to get people to go with me. Because the more people that you get to go, the cheaper it is. Because I would love to see new, brand new horror films. And there's another film festival that just uh, took place. I think it's, it's about to come happen. It's a short film festival in India. Hmm. Their first like horror film horror thing. So I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out some things that they want to write well, about and talk about. Okay. Well, speaking of going away, I didn't know if I tell you I'm going on the writer the WGA's writers retreat oh. in San Diego. Y'all in San Diego? Yeah, the 9th through the 11th. Where at in San Diego? I get the information. Okay. I'll send it to you. I always forget. I'll come boogie it's board. Some resort. I'll come. I'll come boogie board by you guys' resort. <laughs> <laughs> it's some fancy resort. So oh I don't wait, know. are you guys going to be in Carlsbad or something? I don't know. Okay. I don't know the address off the top of my head. Okay. Might be Tory Pines or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's really nice. It looks really cool. So, so what are y'all going to do there in this retreat? There's all these. Actually, Oliver Stone's going to come speak. Barry Jenkins from okay. Moonlight. So there'll be a lot of, okay. a lot of people. Um, it's really funny because Barry was there last year and I think the year before or something like that. But I remember we did a... Um, we did a panel. I told you I did the panel for the NAACP Awards where right. I moderated the panel at the Writers Guild. <clears throat> and Barry was in the audience. So last year when we had the panel again, Barry said to me, dude, I was, I was in the audience watching you guys last year. I said, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, Two years ago, I was just sitting in the fucking office like, damn, dude. Mm-hmm. Ain't that a bit? You yeah, never you know never who's know. Gonna, somebody's yeah, going to be. You never know. That's a trip. That's yeah. a trip. I don't know. It's just a lot of good. There's a lot of good things. I'm very ho- I think what it is, the last couple of weeks, I've been very, very hopeful mm-hmm. in terms of films that have been coming out because I know a lot of times we've been going through this whole thing about being inclusive having diversity and you know what I, I'm really getting back to is the idea is I just want to see really great films and I really want to support um, up and coming artists who are trying to um, to make that thing because it's kind of like we talk about oh we wish people would make this and but there's so many young independent not just young but just Indies who are just putting product out <laughs> and just trying to find a way to like give them support because I really I really want to see their films and I just realized why film is important to me um, in terms of seeing the world but also just really just, just something exciting about going into a theater and watching a story that you know nothing about mm-hmm. and you're excited about it and then when it happens and it's amazing you just leave feeling like energized like yes we can do this so I'm just. I'm just really excited. So it sounds, sounds to me what I'm hearing is you want to, you're using the fact that your friends 
success is pushing you to do what you need to do. Well, yeah, not just me, not yeah, and not just me in particular, because I think a lot of my friends are telling me, "Oh, you need to get more stuff out and do," because you and I, I understand that, but I think a lot of me is my joy is really helping others, and I think that's Mm -hmm. why I really want to focus more on film criticism Mm -hmm. and championing those new films and voices. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy for me to write stuff, like that's fine and dandy, but for me it's really, like the the thing that really gets me excited is when (laughs) I introduce somebody to a great film, Mm -hmm. and then they get excited about it, and then Mm -hmm. they share to somebody else, like there's there's nothing like that, you know? Oh my gosh! Come on in, come on in. So we <laughs> just right had some we just had some folks just walk in that I'm excited that we're going to talk to now. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I'm just like I was fans. I was telling him I was fan squeeing before he came in because I didn't realize you guys were married. I'm like, what? They're married? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! I got so many questions. So anywho, we'll talk to these folks next. Yeah. But let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this that, up. Yeah, I think that's cool. that's the most important thing now is like getting those new artists that are coming out and really mm-hmm. championing them and really looking for films that are new, mm-hmm. different. And just, I don't know, just getting excited about that. Definitely. So it's going to be a good summer. That's what's up. So where are you at, Lisa Lisa Colt Jam? Oh, you know I'm a Twitter fiend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always with Black Girl Nerds and everybody, always live tweeting all the shows and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, you can always find me on Twitter. You can always find me under the hashtag um, Saturday Night Sci-Fi, Friday Night Horror, anything Black Girl Nerds are doing in terms of... Anything and everything. Of course, you will find me everywhere on my TV shows, whether it's Into the Badlands. Look, don't you make fun of me. All my shows, Into the Badlands, of course, Underground, and of course, my devastation when Outsiders has been canceled. Uh, my feelings. It's all right. It's going to be all right. I, I, will, I will work through that. I got over Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Jesus, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you can always find me bitch flicks when I'm writing film uh, criticisms, and you can catch me at WizCon at the Feminist Sci-Fi Con, and then you'll catch me in Helsinki, Finland, where I will be representing blackness in all of its glory okay. at the World Con. So I'm not on any panels, so don't come looking for me doing any panels and talking <laughs> shit and moderating anything. I'm just there to get sunlight and get suntan and be that black person in Northern <laughs> Europe looking for all the Vikings. That's, That's all. That. That's, That's it. That. That's it. And I'm your host, Hilliard Gash. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Instagram, all that shit like that. And I apologize um, for the bitterness that? of me and Linnell uh, complaining about Wonder Woman and how they're dissing her, but it's okay. I'll be there. They dissing her. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, don't, don't sleep on Diana Prince. It's all right. All right. <laughs> I will get over this. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. Um, uh, please follow us on Facebook. Y'all know where we are. Um, go on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Mm. Shit like that. So join in with me. On this show, we keep it real. We keep Why it opinionated. I'm always joining in with no, you. you. Don't <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> always there for you. On this show, we keep it real. Yes. We keep it opinionated. Mm-hmm. We keep it what, Lisa? 2017. 2017. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'm say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the red room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.